Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. All right. Full name? Oh, yeah. Well, she. We were working on my first name. Yeah, so. Irina? Well. That's how people pronounce it. It's not right. What is it? What, what, what have I been calling you? It's it Yerina. Yerina. I should be able to roll my R's. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I try to roll my R's, I, I think I throw up a little bit in my mouth. You see me work. in Nicaragua trying to, <laughs> what little I can speak and. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I when can't. I got married, my maiden name was Hernandez. Oh, I can do that one. Right? But yeah. I'm, I'm married. So. And so what's the new one? It's No Block. <laughs> no Block? Uh-huh. N-O. K-N-O. Uh-huh. B-L-O-C-K. Aww. So when I got married and I went to the DMV, the, the lady was like, oh, honey, you should make him change his name. <laughs> <laughs> so he would be Mr. Hernandez. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like, I know. Are you going to so, say her name? Yeah. No. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> say. <laughs> I can't say Dr. Tim's name. I know. Okay, so listen. So, okay. You, all, you know what a Yeti is, right? Yeti? Yeah, a Yeti. Yeah. Now just add the N-A. Yeti, nah. Yeti, 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 nah. Yeti, Yeti. We can roll our R's when you say Yeti. Yeti? Nah. Nah. Yeti, nah. There you go. That was beautiful. Oh, oh my gosh. You are, she's, she's you are now Yeti to me. Well, that's what they called me. My family calls me Yeti. And then people in my adult life call me Rena. Oh, isn't that funny? And it really should be no. No. (laughs) So, like, yo. So, I hear you're a homeschooling mom. I am. Okay. So, tell me, tell me about you've how many kids and what grades or ages. So, I have two kids, a boy and a girl, and uh, my son is nine, and my daughter is six. Yep. Sweet ages. They are fun. They are fun. That is probably the funnest age. Was like between six and 12 before the hormones kicked in and I mean everybody was self-sufficient um nobody had attitudes right. maybe well, just a little yeah. but I, they, they still st- listen they still look up to you yes yeah. Yeah. Like, mom's the greatest yeah. then the teenage years yeah we're not there yet so what's that yeah they do they do come back around so Vicky and I are in the um, not empty nesters by any stretch, but we are. Oh yeah, Jill too. Hello. Sorry, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Except I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, All but it, it, it has been um, super exciting to have our adult children become our friends. Mm. That was kind of the big surprise. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I just thought they would drift away, but. They, they still call us. They still want to meet up. They still want to have lunch, even though we might be paying. Maybe that's the whole reason why they called. That's okay. They're like, we're out of money. Who can, let's come on. I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to Mexican kids. I hear they got free chips and salsa. So, but anyway, it was just, it's been, it was a hard road to homeschool. Um, it was, I wish I had made it more fun in the early years when mm. they were young. I, I just, I didn't know anyone who homeschooled. So at the time, it was, I just felt like I had to duplicate school at home. And that was a big mistake. So what, what have you learned? Um, have you homeschooled from the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So what made you decide to homeschool? 
So um, actually being a therapist made me see a lot of things in the school system. I worked um, in, a, in the school district for three years where I would pull kids out and do therapy with them. And it was the interactions that I would see, not just between them and their parents, but them and their teacher that I found very disheartening. And I struggled in school growing up, um, probably not my elementary school years, but once I got into high school, I, I wanted to socialize. I wanted it to be fun. I was a cheerleader. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want academics, and I struggled with the academics piece, probably why it pushed me towards the social piece more. And so I didn't want that for my kids. Um, I knew several people who homeschooled, and everybody did their own thing. They did it differently. But when I would go into the school districts and meet with these teachers, and they would just tell me, oh, you're here to pick up so-and-so. Oh, can you just medicate him? And I would oh. be like, why? And, and they would look at behaviors that is just this five-year-old being a scared five-year-old first time away from mom and dad going to school they would see that as a, a problem that needed to be medicated mm. I was like okay there's something wrong here and as I I experienced lots of teachers even teachers who who would come on board and go oh, yeah, I am all in I want to help these kids and we'd set up a plan and then they would do something that would sabotage the success of the student I just thought I, I cannot put my children in this environment. And I wasn't even married. <laughs> I didn't wow. even have kids. I just knew that if I got married and I had kids, I was not going to put them in that environment. Mm -hmm. So when I met my husband and we started talking about family and everything, I said, you know, if we have kids, you know, we have to homeschool. And he grew up going to a private school mm. so he had the private school experience I had the public school experience plus I had the experience of being a therapist and working with all these kids and so we both were like well yeah because he said we're not doing public private school he's like I that's no better than public school so you know we'll just we'll have to figure it out mm -hmm. and everything we've done since having my son <laughs> has been towards being able to be home and homeschool that's awesome. Yeah. And to, and to have that from the get-go before you even, before you even married or had kids. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome. That would be interesting to, if you could talk a little bit about your marriage and, and how you got with Chris and all of that background is very interesting. Yeah. So you want like the whole story? Well, not the whole story, <laughs> but the, you know, the know. unique, the unique relationship. I know. But <laughs> so we actually, we met at a time when I was going through uh, probably one of the most difficult, difficult times of my life. My dad had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. So when I met him, I had actually had gone through this previous year believing that God wanted me to be single. I had had all these medical issues and um, several surgeries, and I was told I would never have kids. And so I just kind of got to this place. I was 29, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I think, I really think God wants me single. So I turned 30. I flew myself to Italy, had a blast. But that was like my, I'm going to start living my life, you know, um, by myself. It's me and God. And um, I came back, and about three weeks before I turned 31, I met my husband. <laughs> and so when I met him, I said, you know, here's the deal. Like, my dad is sick. And I don't know how much time I have with him because pancreatic cancer. So if you want to date me, we're going to have to do this with my family. Like, and he said, okay. He was in. So we dated basically with my dad and my mom and my sister and her family. And um, we hardly spent any time alone. Everything was just in a group 
um, family night games, uh, dinners, all that kind of stuff, uh, which gave the relationship such a different start than had we just started hanging out and talking. It's friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, yeah. And there was no, there was no room for pretenses because this was real. My mm-hmm. dad was dying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like either you're in or you're out, buddy. Like I, I don't have time for, you know, the games kind right. of thing. Yeah. And so he was awesome and he was such a great support system. And when we decided to, uh, when my dad passed away, that was kind of like the, the moment where I was like, wait, why am I with you? Like, do I really want to be with you? Or was I, was this just because, you know, are we really doing this kind of thing? And as we started looking at our relationship, what we wanted out of life, having those serious conversations, um, we just realized, okay, you know, we, we want to see where this is going to go and we want to work towards marriage. And at our church at the time, we, our church did this thing that was called a betrothal. So basically... Uh, couples would get uh, betrothed and there was a ceremony involved so you're basically married without living together and having sex Mm. and you had to live as husband and wife and your families had to accept you as husband and wife and so you had to do all these things like joint bank account start planning holidays how are you going to handle those Um, start planning how are you going to raise your kids right Uh, start talking about all the things that affect marriages in that first year of marriage Um, and just get them out of the way so that all you have to do is then plan, get engaged, you plan the wedding, you get married, and you just deal with living together and having sex because those are the two things that were left that you hadn't dealt with. Right. So we did it. um, Typically, the betrothal was a year, but because we were older, um, our pastor was like, you guys can do six months. So we said, okay. So we got betrothed. We um, said our little betrothal vows, <laughs> and uh, those were the hardest six months. We almost broke up twice, <laughs> wow. but we did some pretty, uh, pretty like deep counseling. Uh, we talked about serious stuff like uh, abandonment issues, and you know how we wanted to raise our kids. And things came up where we were like, "Wow, you're raised so different than I was." And you know, um, there are several times where I was like, you need to go work on that. Like, you need a therapist. It's not going to be me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> right? Not and, me. Yeah. And so, and at the time, I already saw a therapist. So it wasn't like, you know, like I wasn't, you know, doing what I wanted him to do. But uh, but he did. And, and we worked through all that stuff. And at the end of it, we were like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And so we got engaged. And then we planned our wedding. And we got married. And... Uh, to this day, we've been married now 12 years, and I can say that those six months were the best decision that we made for our marriage because it set us up um, in a completely different way than had we just gotten married and learned how the world teaches us relationships should function. We were, we were guided in a way that was a biblical way. We had to learn our biblical roles. We had to talk about them. We had to... Um, set out our expectations within those biblical rules and then our pastor would tell us if those were realistic or they were if they were secular uh, roles we were bringing in and just applying scripture to or were they really biblical roles and we're owning those kind of things wow yeah and and isn't that it's so interesting too because what you had mentioned once at small group is you know how the sex before marriage how that changes it really the commitment and what the focus of your marriage is because if you don't have that before then you're grounded in really what's important versus if sex is in 
is in that mix, it's distorting what's important. Right. And, um, and and I think that's a really good example of if kind of what God teaches with the consequences of sex before marriage um, and how that can emotionally in, interfere right? it's in, so in, much, in relationships. It's so much more than we're trying not to make a baby. Correct. Right. It's, right. Correct. It's, it's all the emotional attachments right. and um in in sex also it let's get real is very different for women than it and is men. for men mm-hmm. correct and uh so yeah it it yeah. just stirs up all kinds of expectations that no one can can well, meet and, and it becomes a band-aid sometimes you know yeah, right. and and i see this a lot in the counseling room where people you know you say how's your how's your marriage going well our sex is good Okay. Okay, but how's the marriage going, right? And so people use that as a barometer for their marriage, and it's like, no, 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 sex should just be the icing on the cake, but you still need a whole cake before you ice it, right? You know, and so that, if anything, the betrothal taught us how to work through problems, how to learn to communicate, and and really have God in the center. Um, like, why am I doing this? Why, mm-hmm. why do I want to be with you? Right. right. Kind of thing. And not let the sex be what just puts a Band-Aid over it and we just feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then now we're still together. Yes. And years later, we still haven't dealt through the issues that are really there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did we get there from homeschool? That's I don't crazy. know. <laughs> I love it, though. I know. I love it. I love it. It's just going to be a hard title. Welcome to talking yeah. with me. <laughs> That's, I love it. Now, so getting back to homeschool, yeah. do do you have like a set curriculum or do you piecemeal like from various different types of um, curriculum? So now I, I do piece together. Yeah. Um, when I first started... Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I was trying to do school at home. Yeah, same. <laughs> and it was very difficult. I mean, preschool was fun. Yes. Right? I had a great curriculum. Yeah. The two ladies that wrote it are here in Georgia. And oh. I was I was in California, and I was like, oh, that sounds amazing, all the seasons, and you get to do it. It was like Pinterest um, on paper. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And we had fun. And when we moved out here, I was so excited because now i got the seasons. I can do that. I can keep doing preschool like this. And um, so we get to, to kindergarten, and uh, my sister is an educator. And so I had um, all the stuff that comes from her, and then all the stuff that comes from all the other families that I've known that homeschool. And so we moved to Georgia. We don't know anybody. And so I just thought, okay, well, I'm just going to piece things together, just talk to everybody, got their idea, what, you know, what should I do for this, what should I do for that. And there was a lot of tears mm. from my five-year-old, from me. <laughs> There was a lot of yelling and crying and and just screaming and I'm done. I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. Like I can't homeschool. Like this is a mistake. And um, I have this wonderful friend that now lives in Texas, but I would call her and I'd be in tears and she would always take me back to what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? So if it wasn't for her, I don't, I'd like to say that I, I, I had enough conviction to want to homeschool and maybe God used her to keep that going in me. Um, but if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would, you know, really uh, get to where I'm at now with it because she would just, she would let me vent and then she'd walk me off the ledge and she'd remind me like, is, but is public school really an option? 
Because mm-hmm. I would threaten with that. I'd be like, you're just going to go to school. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> right. There's a book written by a friend of mine. It's it's pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't watch it, you're going on the yellow bus. Um, can I just tell you how encouraging your last couple of minutes were to me? Because I was just a half a step away mm-hmm. from needing a straitjacket. A, a lot of times uh, during the homeschooling years and to know that you are a therapist a family therapist that also struggles because homeschooling is not for the faint at heart no. it is something that it, it's a death of self mm-hmm. it's because it it would be nice if you could just focus on your career during the day or you could you know visit target or whatever it is that that would entertain you right but when you decide to homeschool that does end up becoming a major part of your life because it's a big deal right you want to prepare your kids and 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 but i do believe that homeschooling oddly enough feels so much like some sort of modern idea mm-hmm. at least that's how it's pitched right oh you homeschool that's so odd but the reality is it's what god has instructed us to do for mm-hmm. centuries correct and, and and but i see this in other areas besides mm-hmm. homeschool where society it's like it can only be done by professionals you must have a, a degree or certification of some sort to be able to educate and it's just simply not true. Yeah. Well, it's funny in hearing you say that because when I first started telling people that uh, when we moved from California to Georgia, I shut down my practice. I had a thriving practice. I had interns. I had other therapists at least space for me. I, I was doing well. And when I we moved, we shut that down, and I was willing to walk away from my career, um, student loan debt and all, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have to pay those. But I was yeah. willing to pay those and not practice. Right. Um to homeschool and uh, people would say you're gonna homeschool and they'd be like well well, did you go to school for that I'm like no I have a master's oh oh you have a master's okay yeah yeah so you could totally do it oh they don't even know what I had a master's in right and so it you know but the minute they found out there was some credentialing behind my name it made it okay for me to choose to homeschool you know, and yeah. it's like, wow, you know, when I almost think that that hindered me in homeschooling in the beginning, because it's, well, well, I should know what I'm doing. Right. I, this should just be so easy because I have a master's. Like I've gone through so <laughs> much schooling. I know how to do this and I've done it well. Right. Kind of thing. But well, that yeah. went out the door when I was trying to potty train my kids. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm like, I went to college for this. <laughs> I am literally trying to get my little boy to pee on a Cheerio and, and this be the toughest thing that I'm going through in my life. Yeah. And I, I still can't believe they're potty trained. <laughs> I really, I'm, they this were so could go resistant. down another road. You're yes. like, this is the thing. Yeah. See, this is where I go. This is the thing that's going to drive them to therapy. When they get older. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. For real. So it's, I'm someone who did not finish her degree. So I, I have a high school diploma. I did graduate top 2% of my class, but my parents, my parents, the closest, they raised me. They're like, 
well, what makes you qualified? Do you really think this is something you can do? No, actually, it's not. It's not something I think I can do, but I am doing it. Right. And it's it's just, well, how do you teach all the subjects? I don't. I get help. Right. And it's just wild how the people that are closest to you can be your biggest critics yeah. through all of this. I think Jesus said something about that, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He sure does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what... Do you, um, do you find people coming to you for um, homeschooling advice on, on should I do it? What's your opinion? I get that now. In the, be- in the beginning, I didn't. Um, I think probably I, I, my own confidence in it, I'm sure I, I put that out there. You were like, oh, yeah, I homeschool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think now I do. Uh, we've, the, I've, I have met an amazing group of women who homeschool um, through my homeschool journey when when we realized kindergarten was not working um, I ended up joining a co-op um, and I met some amazing amazing women well two years later we left a bunch of us left for things that we realized were just not ethical and and in some in some part even fell on illegal mm. and so we just decided we didn't want to be a part of that and so we left but we a few of us stuck together and so as we've we've kind of you know gone through not just the leaving and and kind of what are we going to do now kind of thing um it's it's kind of also allowed me to feel more confident in in being a homeschool mom Mm -hmm. and so i've you know covid was one of those funny things because um you know i say oh i was homeschooling before it was cool (laughs) you know because that brought out a lot of people wanting to homeschool for Lots of different reasons, and a lot of them don't stick with it because of the reasons, right? And, and right. the very thing that my friend would say to walk me off the ledge, like, what is your why? That's the very thing that keeps you homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but I started getting, because a lot of people knew that I homeschooled at that point. And so then, you know, they would say, like, how did you get started? What do I need to do? And, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I do get that a lot. That doesn't mean that they end up homeschooling. I don't know if what I share is helpful. You know, I. I try to be as honest as possible about it, but I also tell them like, it'll be the hardest thing you'll do, but it is so worth it. Right. You know, um, and, and that at the end of the day is just the reality of it. And yeah, it's not rose petals and honey Mm-mm. and it's, it's, you're in the trenches yeah. a lot. Yeah. Now there's such sweet moments, great advice I got along the way, like take lots of pictures, mm-hmm. even if it's of them sitting down just doing some of their work I think yeah. it's it's so nice to to capture just the day-to-day moments and I used to call it pouring sand back in the hourglass mm-hmm. of time with your kids because it does it slows the time down yeah it's not like you're caught in this vicious cycle of throwing them on a bus not seeing them throughout the day getting them off the bus and then it's the race to bedtime right. of getting all those things so it slows and, and that down something as you know as an educator because i was in the public school system too never considered homeschooling and thought that was weird and why would you want to be with your kids that long that kind of journey but what one thing i do remember and still even think about that with adult children is not that i needed to be with my children i needed a break but it was not knowing what they went through during the day, mm-hmm. not knowing what they were exposed to, not knowing are they a leader, are they a follower? 
are they a bully are that which i assumed they were because they were very you know compassionate kids but just not it's it's a side of your child unless you're with them all day you don't really know who they are and you don't know who's influencing who they become right right and that was the hard the hardest part even though i don't think to be quite honest that i was equipped to be that example for them at that time in my life but i did always reflect back on i really don't know my kids yeah and i don't know if i see the real thing or if there's a a a stranger that leaves eight hours a day and Mm -hmm. comes back and tells me what i want to hear you know right how much are they hiding from me it's just that was very difficult for me in my head yeah 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 i know i know for me um i wasn't willing to take a chance on losing them Mm -hmm. um society and this was you know 20 years ago where the writing was on the wall that the the culture that was happening in public and private is is um not something i was willing to take a chance on and i i hear all the time well my kids a strong christian and i want them to be a a light in in the dark world that maybe they could influence but my answer to that is well you're an adult you're a strong christian are you a light Mm -hmm. what are you doing to change um the your world and we cannot put that kind of pressure on young kids to somehow influence other kids their age when we're they're all so impressionable right right and it's they're not equipped for that they're not not yet and and i don't even know if parents would make a big deal about it because there is a convenience to having your kids in school right right but you know um one there's style of learning right and so not every child learns the same boy and the other is is uh brain development so you know we're having kindergartners um starting to learn how to read and do basic math and their brain is still in the imaginary phase right they they're not designed their brain's not equipped to start learning to read yes it's still in play mode and so you can play around with it but not push it right Right. so so um you could start teaching them the sounds right letter factory the a says ah right but not really going okay you're going to read this chapter book now right you're graduating kindergarten you should be able to read a full book yeah and but there is this pressure and and unfortunately um this is what things like Common Core have done is they want everybody on the same page. And it does not matter what your learning style is or where your stage of development is at. And we all develop differently. Just because you're six doesn't mean you've started acquiring cause and effect. That's when it starts happening. But that doesn't mean you fully have developed it and you're right in it. That's when you start seeing that, oh, they're starting to get that if you touch the hot stove, you're going to get burned, right? Where when they're five, they're like, ah, and they touch it, right? right? Because they don't have that ability. So with school, all of that plays a big part, you know, And, and then you have the difference between boys and girls <laughs> right girls develop differently and faster than boys and so you know that probably would have looked very different if it was a daughter reading in second grade versus a son reading in second grade i see that now with my daughter in first grade and my son how where he was at in first grade 
very different place, right? He struggled reading. It just wasn't, it just took him a little longer. And when I was, when I allowed myself to slow down and just pay attention to where he was, not focused on, but you're in second grade, you need to be reading a second grade level, Mm -hmm. right? Just, okay, this is where you're at. Let's forget timed things. Let's focus on you being able to read and understand what you're reading, even if it takes you a minute to get through the sentence. Um, It made the biggest difference. Now, her, she walks around life reading and now she's learning sign language and she's all about it and and he's like yeah can i just go outside and play yeah can i go dig exactly right and it's just this is where they get prescribed medicine right Right. and this and that's what i was going to say when when everybody's expected to perform at the same level Mm -hmm. then what you have is a bunch of kids who are labeled correct and what that does to them as they progress through adolescence is is really ingrained that you're not you're not average you're not you're not exceptional you're below average because you didn't meet these expectations and I think that probably and you would know as a therapist but I I think it probably inhibits children to actually excel at anything when they are labeled that that they're not being successful at the at the level they should yeah Um, absolutely yeah so what so pulling away from academics of what i'm seeing in the public school system why do you suppose there's such a big push now for the social aspect the gender identity the the, all these things that seem to be happening at an early early age that was just unheard of even just a few years ago can you speak to it is, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but it just seems the absurdity of the the confusion that we're hitting young these young babies with that, um, and I'm I'm seeing it on my, I've got former students that have transitioned, and mm-hmm. I've got um, a childhood friend that I grew up with who whose son is now a daughter at like eight and I'm just like what has happened what is going on and do you do you see that in your line of work that that kind of thing or are you um out of that so I think because I specialize in trauma I don't get a whole lot of that mm-hmm. so um I mean conversion therapy is illegal so um even if I did get some of that I wouldn't be able to address it as an issue right and so in a way, I feel I feel rather blessed that I don't get a lot of clients like that. I do think that there is evil forces at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the the, the simple straight answer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, things this world's not going to get any better. It's right. just going to get worse. Scripture tells us that. And so I think um, not that we're supposed to accept it, but I think the quicker we accept that this is the path that the world's going, right? And it just makes more sense to teach our children how this is not our home. Right. We are not citizens of the world. We're not earth citizens. Right. And um, and our hope rests on eternity versus what this world offers. Um, I think the, the quicker we can get on that and start growing our kids' faith, um, the easier it is to move through some of that. Which cannot be done in the public school Absolutely system. Absolutely not. No. And Absolutely that gives not. them the tools because what, 
you know, as, you know, a recent grandmother and seeing as much as I love my grandkids and, and hope to have more at some point, I think, wow, if I was a young person right now, right. I, I would be I would be afraid to have kids because you're looking 30 years down the road. What is this world going to be yeah. like? And if you don't give them the tools to get through what we're probably going to be going through in the mm. next yeah. few decades, um, and like you said, the public school system is just going to indoctrinate them to become part of it. That's right. So, so you know, I, I've when I first decided to homeschool, um, we I did get a lot of flack from people, and and you know, even still, there's people who are like, you know, uh, oh, you homeschool, like, yeah, good luck with that, right, kind of thing, um, for all the reasons that we've already said. But one of the things that I've been told too is, you know, you can't shelter your kids, you can't shelter them. Um, but I heard someone describe it like this, and I thought, yes, th- this is it. So um, I'm not trying to keep them from from the world. I'm trying to keep them, um, I'm trying to grow them to a place where they can handle the world. Mm. And so as more of a greenhouse perspective, right, um, I, I'm raising them in a greenhouse, in, in my homeschool bubble, and they can see, they have access to see that there's something out there. It might be blurry, right? I, I, I'm, I'm very intentional at blurring the world for them at their age. Right. But they know there's a world out there. Um, but, it's, but they cannot thrive out there if their roots are not strong. Mm-hmm. And so the greenhouse is to help the plant get, you know, grow and survive at the very tender early stages. And then I'll be able to replant it outside of right. the greenhouse. And that's that. When I heard that, I said, yes, that's it right there. I don't want them to be oblivious to what right. the world is doing, to the evil in the world, to reality, right? But I also don't want them to go in blind. Right. And so uh, I sometimes I think, you know, the the parents who are who are believing that that those five years at home before they started kindergarten was enough of a foundation. Mm-hmm. They don't really understand uh, just even simple brain development and how it, you know, it. there's there's so many more years that still are part of the foundation. Right. And, right. That, and that, unfortunately, it's not, it's not their fault. We, it's, we don't get taught that. And kids right. don't come with the manual. Exactly. You know? And it's what they've been doing for, for, for generations yeah. now. And, but it's like, if with anything, if you start researching, you start researching how the public school was developed. And if you start researching, um, you know, the backing, the funding mm-hmm. that came from it, it's very eye-opening. And then once they federalized um, education and then with Common Core, trying to get everybody on the same page... Um, it's like, why be a part of that system? Oh, yeah, but then you get labeled a conspiracy theorist. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, well, give me my tinfoil hat. That ship well, sailed. Well, and um, looks like we're, what, 0 for 54 when it comes to <laughs> the, uh, yeah. being able to, from from the world and the conspiracy theorist. It's, I don't know. Um, time will tell. It's just, I wasn't going to let my kids be a guinea pig to it agreed yeah yeah and um and even when my kids they would come and say why are we doing this why are we homeschooling 
um, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, take it up with God. Because God told me to do it. I don't want to do this either. <laughs> I mean, some some days I, I don't want to do this either. Yeah. But I'm doing it because God instructed me to. And that, and, and God has always steered me and he's never steered me wrong. It's like if we can be in tune with God and truly, truly listen to what he tells us to do, it's never wrong. Right. And that's the, the ultimate thing. And that was the big purpose for our household was, is to be able to discern from God's voice in the world and be able to walk the path that he has for you. But if you don't talk to him, if you don't interact with him, you don't build that relationship that none of it works. And so it's, it's the same reason why if you went around and only spoke to your husband two or three times a year, um, you don't have a relationship. Right. And it's that, that daily interaction that we have to have and build. And well, we're going to cut it there because um, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom. And you're actually going to stick around for another episode. So I'm so glad. Thank you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Sometimes we succeed in life. Sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.